You're listening to Tea with Tolkien, a podcast for the Hobbit at heart. Episode 17, An Introduction to the Silmarillion with John Carswell. Thank you guys so much for listening to Tea with Tolkien and for hanging out with me today. I've really missed you guys over the summer while we were taking a break from the podcast, and I'm just super excited to be back and having tea with you all today. Because our book club is beginning our read-along of The Silmarillion next Monday, which is September 9th, I wanted to have John Carswell on the show to chat about The Silmarillion, as well as some different tips and resources for those of you who might be reading this book for the first time. John is the host of the first Tolkien podcast that I ever really got into, The Tolkien Road, as well as the author of two books on the Silmarillion, Tolkien's Requiem and Tolkien's Overture. Both of these have been super helpful for me personally in the past few years as I had read The Silmarillion for the first and second times. I'll add links to both of those in the show notes so you can order copies for yourself if you're interested. I also wanted to let you all know that if you do want to join in our book club, there's still time to grab your copy of The Silmarillion and get reading. We will begin discussing Ainulindale, which is the first chapter, on September 9th in our free Discord server. So if you're unfamiliar with Discord, it's basically a giant group chat so you can jump in to the discussion whenever you're able to throughout the week. So we begin the discussion of each chapter on the date that it says in the schedule, which you can download. Um, so September 9th is the first day of our Ainulindale discussion. So you can either read the chapter before the week starts, so you're ready to go on Monday, or you can read the chapter throughout the week and just kind of like join in on the discussion whenever you finish. Either one is totally fine. If you'd like to download our Silmarillion reading schedule, as well as get the link to the Discord server, you can sign up at teawithtoken.com slash Silmarillion. And just a reminder, this is all totally free. And if you're listening to this episode way in the future, you can go to teawithtoken.com slash book dash club to see what we're reading next. That all being said, let's jump into our interview with John Carswell on The Silmarillion. So, John, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. So tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you're drinking, and how much you love Tolkien. Oh, man, there's there's a lot to say there. So, well, I'll start off by saying um, I'm the uh, one of the co-hosts of the Tolkien Road podcast, um, and I'm married to my co-host, Greta. Uh, we have three kids. We just, so everybody knows, we, uh, we, we started the podcast after we were married, so it wasn't like we started doing the podcast and then got married. That would be a really cool story, though. As far as work goes, um, I, I'm on a, you know, the the long the long journey or maybe the long defeat to become a full time uh, you know freelance Tolkien scholar maybe but uh, right now I, um, I I'm just kind of an eager and busy sub creator uh, in various forms so freelance digital marketer and website builder for small businesses that's my day job and um, and podcaster and podcast producer and writer so just an all around sub creator um, I, oh you asked what I was drinking I'm drinking uh, I'm drinking coffee that is as black as the gates of Mordor so <laughs> hopefully it is not as terrible hopefully it's good coffee it, it's 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 decent coffee though I, you know i don't mind if it's uh you know if, if it's bad sometimes I, i'm not as uh greta is a is a real snob about like good coffee and i'm not so i'm like just give me coffee just give me the caffeine um as far as my lo- like my love for tolkien um i um did you ever see that video of the girl talking about how much she loves cats 
No. Uh, you you got to look this thing up. So, okay. Um, so, but basically, like, there's things you like, and then things that you love, and then things that you get start getting all teary eyed about, and <laughs> getting choked up when you start really to think about them, and uh, and that's what happens to this cat girl in this video, and mm-hmm. that's how I feel about Tolkien. Um, I I'd, I'd say like my love for Tolkien goes up to eleven. So, on mm-hmm. a scale of one to ten, up to eleven. So, and that's part of the reason I started a podcast about him. Yeah, I feel the same way. I was reading on fairy stories yesterday. I went to the coffee shop and I was reading and I was literally like tearing up in the coffee shop reading because it was just so beautiful. And I just love Tolkien so much. So I'm super excited that I found someone that also loves Tolkien as much as as I do. So I've been listening to your podcast, The Tolkien Road, for a couple years. How many years have you guys been doing it? Um. We started in early 2015, so over four years now. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I think I found you guys maybe in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been really helpful. I feel like all of your episodes, especially on the Silmarillion, have been so helpful when I was reading through it for the first time. Yeah, and and that's that's kind of that's one of the reasons we started with the Silmarillion is um is I just felt like it's such a it's a, it's such a challenging work, and and I thought it would be helpful to people if there was like a discussion of it, which I know like you're going to be discussing it in your in your book club here mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, yeah, we're starting. I think we're starting next week. Yeah, yeah, when this comes out, and I love the way the dynamic that you and Greta have because she she started out not really knowing much about Tolkien, and so I feel like it created a really good conversation, especially for people who also didn't really know much yet. Yeah, and um, and and that was that was a little bit by you know uh, me being a little sneaky by by design, I guess you could say. Like I was like, well, this will make if I'm talking to someone who knows less than me, then it'll make me look smarter. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I did. I wanted her to read it too, and she hadn't. She, I don't think she had read the Silmarillion before. She, I mean, she had read the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, mm-hmm. um, but um, but I was kind of like, uh, and I do. I, I like. Um, I mean, I listen to all lots of different podcasts and you know i like some where it's just one person and um and then i also like i also like the ones where there's discussion and um and i just really i really thought like we could do a lot by going like there would be opportunity to go really deep into things and 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 have people really feel like they were part of this discussion you know mm-hmm. the two of us talking it's been a lot of you know it's been a lot of fun uh you know it's 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 not always easy to carve out the time um, to do it. But in my mind, it's a, you know, it's a labor, it's a labor of love because it's Tolkien. And, um, the, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, when you get a note from some, you know, from people saying, um, like you, like yourself, when we, you know, we're first starting to hear from you. Um, and we've heard a lot of people like that over the years who, um, I, I think when you hear, when you hear somebody say that they've been binge listening to you for the last couple of weeks, you're like, whoa, that's, <laughs> that's pretty incredible. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's been fun and, and very rewarding. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, since you mentioned our book club is about to begin reading The Silmarillion, and I know it can be such an intimidating book for a lot of people. And so since you have written two books on The Silmarillion and done countless podcast episodes on it, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure it could be counted. I'm not sure. How many episodes do you think you guys have done on The Silmarillion? Yeah, I I think it's it's at least 30, uh, because there's some chapters that go... You just have to spend more than one episode on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a lot of content. So I wanted to talk with you about kind of your own journey 
through the Silmarillion? And then if you had any tips and resources that you think might be helpful for those who are reading it for the first time. So I wanted to ask first, before we start, when did you first get into Tolkien? And how many times do you think you've read the Silmarillion? Um, well, I, I really, uh, 2001 was the year that I got into Tolkien. And it's all, I have to, I have to uh, salute Peter Jackson um, for that. Because, you know, I know that people have, differing feelings on the movies he's made and, and everything. And um, there's some people who love him, some people who hate him, probably more people that love him than hate him. And, you know, um, but for me, it was my introduction to the world. And I don't know to this day if I would have gotten into Tolkien like I am now, if it wasn't for, um, you know, if it wasn't for Fellowship of the Ring uh, coming out in 2001, because there was just a lot going on. You know, people were talking about it. And I remember going to see it in the theater maybe the day it came out um, and, and just being completely enchanted by, by it. Um, and um, you know, that, that got me just wanting to know more and wanting to, I, I wanted to know the rest of the story, obviously, cause it was only the first third of, mm-hmm. the, of the rings story. And so by the time two towers, his, by the time Jackson's two towers came out the next year, I think I'd read Lord of the Rings twice. Um, I was just, I, you know, I, so I wanted to understand the whole story and, um, and, and was, and just grew increasingly enchanted by the world of, um, of middle earth. So yeah, 2001 is when it all began. And, and I was just drawn in by this view of reality implicit in his works, um, that I had maybe sensed a little bit with like C.S. Lewis before. Um, and I, now I know why I sensed it in C.S. Lewis. Um, but it was even, it was even deeper with Tolkien. It, you know, there's just, Enchant. I, I, you, magic is the word that people always want to use, but I, I don't want to use that word because Tolkien didn't like had a yeah. different by the word magic. Uh-huh. Uh, but enchanted is probably the word he'd prefer. I, I was just utterly enchanted by the world he created. And as far as the Silmarillion, um, I've, uh, I've read it at least three times, maybe four, and maybe even more than that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, uh, it, 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 but um, you know, there were some false starts in there. So for those mm-hmm. who are reading it for the first time or have maybe tried before and struggled to get through it. Um, don't, yeah, persevere, like, you know, and, and it's worth it at the end of the day. I know it's hard. And, um, even for people who love Tolkien's other works, it's hard. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's worth it to continue and, and finish out the Silmarillion. Yeah, for sure. One of the things that has helped me the most is listening to the audiobook. Especially mm-hmm. for that first read, because it's very difficult to to really know how to pronounce pretty much every, yeah. maybe like every other word, especially right. in in way. All the names. And, um, yeah, and so that I feel like that can really get people kind of caught up and discouraged. And so having it read to me was such a help. Yeah, I actually bought the audiobook recently myself, and I think I'm going to listen to it just to. I'll probably realize that I've been saying some of the names wrong the whole time, but that's that's how it is with Tolkien sometimes. <laughs> well, I do think the the audiobook narrator he put he pronounces Iluvatar as Iluvatar, mm. and I don't know if if he's right or I'm not really sure about that one. But everything else sounds sounds pretty good. Yeah, I um I always like preface my pronunciations of things, or if there's controversy, and just say, look, I'm not. I'm not a linguist myself. Uh, Tolkien, mm-hmm. 
Tolkien was a link, you know, was a was a philologist. I mean, he was a, you know, one of the foremost experts of his time on language. And um, I don't even come close to that. I'm I'm just trying to do my best to use the pronunciation guides that he provides. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if not, if, if I get if I find out I've, I've been saying something wrong, then I will correct myself, you know, <laughs> for, the, yeah. for the future. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> she can do. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I, I think I'm doing it as as good as I can. But if if I'm saying something wrong, I hope someone will let me know. Right, exactly. So I have in front of me, I have the two books that you wrote on the Silmarillion. I have, we have Tolkien's Requiem and Tolkien's Overture. Mm-hmm. And I thought these books were just really awesome. And I, I was wondering if you could just kind of introduce them to our listeners, just tell them like just a little brief bit about what they are in case sure. they're looking for resources. Yeah. Um, so the, the first one I wrote is called Tolkien's Requiem, and uh, and it's subtitled Concerning Baron and Luthien. Um, so Baron and Luthien is, uh, I believe it's, cha- is it chapter 19 or chapter, it's cha- either chapter 19 or chapter 21, I want to say, in the Silmarillion. And um, it's, um, it's probably the most, in my opinion, it's the most um, easily accessible story in all of the in all of the Silmarillion for the for someone who's coming to it fresh and but the bad news is it's buried like towards the end of the book so you have to get all this way through you know uh, like all these things that you don't understand what's going on until you finally get to the story and you see Sauron the bad guy and you're like oh I know Sauron <laughs> like finally <laughs> somebody I know um and uh but but I I I wrote this originally as a as a paper for an academic conference, and the theme of the conference was love and poison. And I just I saw the theme, and I was like, oh man, Baron and Luthien is like there's so much in Baron and Luthien that relates to that theme. So I wrote this paper, and then after I delivered the paper, um, you know, I was kind of like, I, I had a I just I've been having this bug for a long time to try out self publishing, and it was before before I started the podcast, and I just wanted to like take this take this paper and and you know trial run as far as doing it as far as doing self-publishing and so i expanded the paper uh dove more deeply into the story and and really tried to connect the story with so many of the other things that that happen in the silmarillion and it's kind of amazing how much it relates to the rest to the rest of these stories in the silmarillion which can sometimes seem especially as you get further in can sometimes seem unrelated but you know what I've really found is that Baron and Luthien is almost kind of like it's it's almost kind of like a backdoor to the Silmarillion. Um, mm-hmm. If you if if you really have trouble starting at the very beginning, then you may want to just try starting with Baron and Luthien. And so I wrote this book thinking, well, if people want to start with Baron and Luthien, then maybe you know I can connect some of the other threads from earlier in the story, and they can kind of see how it's all woven woven together. And I also really loved the notion that um, that this was you know the the whole thing of Tolkien uh, on his gravestone and his wife Edith's gravestone their uh, the epitaph is just it's for Tolkien it's Baron and for Edith it's Luthien and mm-hmm. and so this is obviously a very personal story for Tolkien and um and so I loved I wanted to kind of put all of that together into into one little book um so Tolkien's Requiem uh, maybe you know it may be like a a good place to start for some people who um, 
you know, really are having trouble getting into the Silmarillion, if you want to start with Baron and Luthien um, and begin and then maybe read the Tolkien's Requiem, it's not super long um, by design so that it would be easier for people to, um, you know, to, to get into the Silmarillion because my goal is to get more people to read Tolkien and, and to understand and, and more deeply appreciate him. And so, um, you know, I just, I view it as a, as a guy, as, as a guide and, a, and an aid for that. Yeah. I mean, so I read Tolkien's Requiem along with, I think it was right as I was beginning to do my very first read through of the Silmarillion. And I found that it was a very helpful, basically like an overview of it and kind of an introduction to the Silmarillion. So I thought it was really, really helpful. And so I think if our listeners wanted to check it out, I'll add links in the show notes and they can, they can look it up as well. Awesome. And then, so you also recently wrote then Tolkien's Overture. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that one. Um, yeah, so Tolkien's Overture is, um, it's focused on the Middle Earth creation story, which is called Anu Lindale. And I, that's another one where I'm like, I, other people have said, oh, maybe I think it's pronounced this way. Um, Anu Lindale, um, what, whatever it is, concerning the music <laughs> of the Ainur. Um, really, that's what that word means, is the music of the Ainur. So I was... Even before, like, you know, I've probably read, you know, of all the stories in the Silmarillion, I've probably read Ainu Lindale more than any other because it's the first thing in there. So all my false starts, I read it. Um, Mm -hmm. And even then, I was fascinated by the idea that Middle Earth was like the product of music, Um, that it was this just the concept that in the DNA of of Middle Earth's reality, there's music. And um, uh, so... I really wanted to explore that, especially as as I realized over rereadings of Lord of the Rings and and the Silmarillion and even The Hobbit of what an important role music plays in Tolkien's storytelling. So Tolkien's overture really begins by doing a really close reading of Ina Lindale and going into like you know so so it's great if you really want to understand that story. Um, better and 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 everything that's going on there but it also the second half of the book is really focused on different instances of music that occur throughout the stories of middle earth and how they relate to Ina Lindale and vice versa to show that like music is is kind of this incredible uh i guess preternatural force you know it's almost like you know it, the ancient understanding in our world was like earth air see right you know making up Mm -hmm. um, you know or kind of like the natural elements and it's like music is this natural element it would seem in middle earth so um i was as i wrote it you know you get more into this you find it's just fascinating how much you know did tolkien deliberately like plan out all these you know interrelating aspects of music in middle earth or was it just another product of his brilliant mind and telling a story you know um probably a little bit of both so Mm-hmm. So that's the focus of Tolkien's overture is, you know, really consi- a consideration of music and the role it plays in all of the stories of Middle Earth based on the, the creation story. Yeah, I thought it gave a really interesting perspective because I hadn't really thought too much about the the whole idea of music and the role that it plays within Tolkien's writing. So I also really enjoyed this book as well. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And so so you have mentioned a couple times in your podcast the the influence of Tolkien's Catholic faith, especially mm-hmm. um way back in your March twenty fifth episode. I don't know if you remember that. It was it was a yeah. couple of years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I wanted to ask, what role do you think his faith played in his life and writing? Um, it was undeniably huge. It, Tolkien was very clear that Lord of the Rings was a thoroughly Catholic and religious work. Um, it's a famous quotation of his mm-hmm. by, in one of his letters. And um, uh, it's, it's important, though, to understand that um, he didn't necessarily it, it, that can be confusing to people. And and this was something that, um, you know, I talked about a lot, especially, I think especially early on in the podcast. And I think I even talk about it some in Tolkien's Requiem. Um, he wasn't trying to write an allegory of Christianity like Lewis did with the line, the wish and the wardrobe. Tolkien was actually pretty clear that he didn't like the idea of allegory as, as like is a form of storytelling. He wasn't a big fan of allegory as storytelling because he didn't like the whole idea that there's got to be this like one to one correspondence of of things. Um at the same time, he he viewed human history as an epic story where the life of Christ is the great turning point. Um, it's the ultimate triumph of good over evil. Um, you you just said you're reading on fairy stories, and that's mm-hmm. that's he like really clearly enunciates that right. Yeah. Um, he spells he spells out that you know the incarnation and the annunciation are the turning point of human history, and then the crucifixion and the resurrection are the turning point of of the life of Christ right with within that bigger story and uh, and so for the the incarnation and uh, and the crucifixion the kind of historical traditional dates for both of those obvious um, I believe it's on church calendar the 25th of March is uh, is the the solemnity of the Annunciation mm-hmm. and um, it'll get moved around if it falls in on a if it kind of conflicts with some other things, but, but that's normally what it is. And, um, and even the crucifixion, I believe there's historical kind of perspective on that, that, that's, you know, that, that at least traditionally that was what, when it was considered to have happened was March 25th. And so Tolkien makes that the date that the, that the ring is destroyed in uh, Lord of the Rings. That was a very conscious decision on his part to want to pay tribute to that date and the events that, would come in the future. He's, he makes it clear elsewhere in his, um, in explaining these story and explaining the history of middle earth that he views it as his own sort of mythological history of our own reality. And so, you know, in, in kind of this mythological casting of our history, March 25th is the Frodo's destruction of the ring on March 25th is is basically foreshadowing the destruction of uh, of sin and death on um, on March 25th in the future. You know, it it just it's it thoroughly. Again, he doesn't like. You know, he's not trying to hit anybody over the head with it, and he's not trying to be like. He's not trying to like kind of. I think force that down people's throats, but he's he's paying. He's definitely paying tribute to it, and he's trying to make some some bigger point that you can find if you're willing to go a little deeper. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. It, it's really interesting to me how how well it all fits together. You know, it, it's beautiful. I mean, it, it's just one of those, you know, just the way it all ties together. Um, I mean, I, for you know, you asked about that's kind of the perspective in terms of his writing, and, and there's so much more that could be said on that subject. But even on his life, I, I one of my favorite books is his letters, and mm-hmm. you, you, it's just his Catholic faith is all over his letters. Um, He's he's speaks multiple times about his devotion to the Eucharist, um, the role that Mary plays um, in his 
and, and just in his his like understanding of and appreciation of beauty um and you know just you get a you get a better sense of like of how much catholicism and christianity influenced his uh his own writing and the things he was trying to do in his stories for those who have seen the recent biopic um oh, yeah so i was going to mention that yeah you know there's controversy about like uh. is it catholic enough or not and um we we actually did a, an episode where we discussed it and um you know I, I won't i won't go too much into that right now but um but i will say that like um i think there's some definite shortcomings you know as far as mm-hmm. um you know especially with the way his his um his mother is portrayed maybe because he definitely said that uh you know he viewed her as a as a martyr right mm-hmm. uh, for a number of reasons so and, and he meant a catholic martyr but and, yeah. and so um so it was just it was deeply deeply important uh to him and i you know i i don't like to we have people come to our podcast from all different kinds of backgrounds a lot of catholics a lot of christians a lot of non-catholics and christians and that's true of tolkien fandom Mm -hmm. i don't so i don't like to be i i I try not to um you know hit people over the head with it um so much it's just kind of like say like look if you really want to more deeply appreciate who tolkien was and his stories you can't ignore this like you've got to go deeper into his religious views whether you agree with them or not um and you know i i it's kind of recently i've been a been wanting to maybe go into that a little bit more um and really you know there's a lot that's been written on this subject i think especially you know with regard to lord of the rings but i think there's so much more that could be said too and i think there's some really fascinating aspects of his of what he was doing between his faith and his writing that um that haven't been explored as much um that that could be so another great story on that on that note is um not a non-middle earth story, but Leaf by Niggle is is one of my mm-hmm. favorites. So for those who want a nice kind of shorter story, Tolkien's to explore, and it it he called it his purgatorial short story. Um, it's a really it's a really beautiful little story. Yeah, we're actually going to be doing an episode on Leaf by Niggle in a couple of months. So cool. so I think that'll be out in December. But awesome. yeah, and then I will also add the link to that episode you mentioned in the show notes so that everyone can listen to your thoughts on the movie because I didn't actually I didn't I haven't really written too much of my thoughts on the movie, but I was also pretty disappointed because there were just a couple little instances where they made him seem like he was even more more agnostic and and that he was like a reluctant Catholic and that he kind of resented his faith and that kind of bothered me. Yeah, it definitely, you know, it it definitely um there's definitely a lot that can be questioned about it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I I overall enjoyed the movie, but but there's there's some there's some fair criticisms I think that can be leveled leveled against it. So, and you yeah. know, from a number of different perspectives. Yeah, for sure. So, our last question is I just wanted to see could you give us like a 30-second summary of the Silmarillion? For for people who aren't familiar with it at all, just maybe like an elevator pitch for the Silmarillion. Yeah, whew, this is a this is a tough one. This was the. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, um, the Silmarillion tells of the creation of Middle Earth by the Valar, the awakening of the Elves, and their journey to the earthly paradise, their fall at the hands of the Dark Lord Morgoth, and their eventual triumph in the face of tragedy. 
It's a diverse saga of the history of Middle Earth and will deeply enrich your understanding of the Lord of the Rings. Did you write that? That sounds like you're. <laughs> I did. Like you're I, did. I was like, <laughs> as like thirty second summary. I'm like, if I don't write something, it's going to become five minutes. So. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you had actually if you wrote that or if you were like reading it off the back of the book. It sounded very official. <laughs> yeah, I, as I was as I was uh, as I was saying it, I was like, Caitlin's going to think I'm reading this off the back of like I'm reading. I did think book. you were for a second. <laughs> Awesome. Well, hopefully now everyone is excited and ready to get going on the Selmarillion. Our book club is beginning next week. And so if anyone would like to sign up, I will give you all the links later in the show notes. And um, thank you, John, so much for coming on and taking the time this morning to hang out with us. Yeah, thank you, Caitlin. It's It's been a pleasure. And, um, it, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing over at Tea with Tolkien and, um, and and greatly appreciate the uh, the ongoing humor of your Twitter account too. So <laughs> as I told you before, you're a Twitter champion. So yeah, a lot of I fun love to be there. Love yeah. to be online. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Caitlin.